Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car what else cars? Cars. We talk cars. cars, cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtubecom glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony if people want to support this podcast what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Now, viewers of the podcast over on YouTube, we're here at Gravelwood Castles. We're at Tony's business today. You haven't been here for a while. I have not been here for a no. while. Um, it's very nice. We're up on your sort of balcony. That mezzanine, mate. Me- mezzanine, please. Mezzanine, how fancy. It's like in grand designs. <laughs> uh, overlooking some of your stock. Um, oh. It's lovely. Jackson's been locked away, if you missed last week's no, episode. He was down there just now. Oh, was he? He just walks off. Causing chaos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jackson is Tony's new dog, new puppy, German, yep. German Shepherd, mm-hmm. adorable. Uh, won't be making an appearance today because no. he's, as I say, been banished to some He's getting secure. big and Oh my God, <laughs> he's getting huge. One week. I mean, the, Twiggy, I think, gets smaller week by week. No. Jackson is about four times the size that he was last week. <laughs> um, but we are here for multiple reasons. Lots of things to update you on. I keep saying this over on the main channel. I'm like, oh, there's so much to update you on. But there is. I just don't have time to do it all. I'm going to try and get through a lot of it today. But the main reason I'm here right now is because I've got a busy week and I happen to be just down the road from you today. So we was messaging each other and he said, dude, can you get to uh, Brentford b- b- a little bit later? Yeah, no problem. What sort of time? Well, sort of 4, 4.30. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to fur- Furlongers down the coast. Actually, not too far from you. And I won't be back till late. Uh, well, why don't you just come here then? Uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to drive straight past you. So I'll just yeah. let you know when I'm coming past your door. But I was hesitant to do so because I don't know about you, but I've really grown fond of our studio. Over the last two years of this podcast, we've got used to doing the podcast in the studio. It's been mm. a while since we've relocated the podcast. Yeah. But it's something we're potentially going to be doing more of. Oi. I I hey. I teased in one of the main channel videos recently that the way I'm utilizing STGHQ is changing, uh, is evolving. I'm actually using it less. And I think over time, I may even be stepping away Ooh. from STGHQ. Uh, and we are putting plans in place. That's all we're going to say about- yeah, We got an idea. Where, how, what, why we're going to record the- 
podcast moving forward. So, yes, it may mean that this year you see a few different backdrops. Lovely. For the podcast. But anyway, today, to explain it, we are here at Tony's studio. That's a big old ramble that we just did, isn't it? <laughs> Was it four or five minutes? I mean, it's about... Yes, five minutes of rambling. Brilliant. So, hello, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> if you've skipped ahead, clever you. Um, we've got a bit of things to discuss today. Actually, some car news out of nowhere. Who knew? But first off, we're trialling a new thing for the podcast, which is messages from our patrons. Uh, we do love our patrons and we want them to, to be sort of more involved with the show than ever. So we asked them off the back of last week to send in some video messages. I don't really know what to expect. Oh we- no, you haven't listened to them? Nope. Oh no. <laughs> but we have some video messages. So should we just dive into them and, and see what... Well, I hope there's no swearing. Oh, there I mean- could be. Oh my God. Okay, so kicking things off, we've got Matt Pickford. Hi, Sam and Tony. So I like all my cars to be blue. Does that make me a bit weird? Yes. Or have you got other viewers who buy all their cars in the same colour? <laughs> Does it make you weird? You might have missed. Tony said yes under his breath. It's very Shmi 150 circa 2016 with blue crew, which Paul and I were jealous of, so we made red crew yeah. <laughs> of our two cars compared to Tim's 15. Um... Matt, I don't think this is weird at all. I've always said if I had a collection of cars, if I was one of those people with multiple cars, I'd actually like them all in the same spec. Where, where have you got that idea from? Chris Evans, the DJ? No, but see, I think he ruined all of his Ferraris. Because he went all, all white, white, didn't he? Yeah. Not cool. No? But I, no, but I... Okay, so maybe I would do it this. I would maybe have my, all my Ferraris resale red because I'm that guy. My All my Porsches, GT Silver, all my Jaguars, British Racing Green. Like, maybe I would do it like that. I don't think yeah. I'd have... All of my cars the exact same colour. Okay. What about you? You don't really care. Do you? I don't think you're that bothered by spec. No, I am bothered by spec. I just, I like to try and be a little bit different. When? Well, I've had, I've had an orange Porsche. When did I've you have an orange y- Porsche? I had a GT3, the orange one. I don't think I knew about that, did I? Oh, sorry, no. Are it was orange. It was red. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was red. It was lava orange. It was very red. I mean, it says orange in the title. I think quite a few people bought it in that colour. It wasn't that unique. It wasn't, actually. They bought them in guards red. Lava orange is very rare colour. Okay. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Was so it PTS? Was it paint a sample? No, it so wasn't. It wasn't the thing. Standard there. factory colour. It wasn't the thing. I had a yellow GT4. Okay, again, not that unique. Okay, can't find <laughs> one on the internet, so you find one. I had a yellow Speciali. <laughs> really not that unique at all. Well, there was not <laughs> many of them, so that is unique. Your um, current car's very, a very unique spec. Very I, I, unique I, I, spec. I, I applaud yeah, you there. I, but I sort of think of you having like black on black cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like black cars. I like grey cars. Uh, <laughs> so we've now got a question from Wilds. Oh. Hey, Sam and Tony. It's Wilds here. I have a slightly controversial take. Well, for Sam, that is not for Tony. I think he's going to agree with me on this one. But I don't see the Lotus Amira doing very well in sales, um, especially over here in the United States. Um, Their dealership network really isn't that extensive. And frankly, the Porsche 718 is the better value prospect at that price point. Maybe in the used, um, when when you see these used vehicles for the Amira, maybe those will sell pretty well um, on the secondhand market. But as a new vehicle... Given the other models that are out, given the fact that the dealership network really isn't very good, I would take a 718 over the Lotus. <laughs> I have to say, a predictable shout from a behind-the-glass listener picking a Cayman over 
anything else. There's I think a reason it, for that, though. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, and I but, understand that reason. Why are you arguing, then? I'm not. I think the point <laughs> he makes is a good one in the sense where I'm not sure the Amira will sell well in the US. Yeah, I, I would agree. But I just, I honestly don't think it will sell as well. Because we had all this with the Alpine A110 thing where everyone got so excited about it and it's going to be the best car and it's going to rival the game. And, and look what's happened to that. I mean, it's so bad, that car. They're not going to make it. What car? The Alpine, the A110 yeah, thing. the Alpine A110. Uh, yeah. What do you they're, mean they're not going to make well, it? Well, they're going to stop making that car soon. They don't sell any. Well, I, I first definitely I, not in this country. I, I think it was journalists who went mad about that car. It, it journalists that have gone mad about the Amira. No, I think the public opinion of the Amira is greater. Look at Goodwood Festival of Speed. The stand was absolutely rammed. People placing orders left, right, and centre. That never really happened with the Alpine. Journalists kept banging on about how amazing it was driving. I'm not calling myself a journalist, but including people like me, drove. Oh, so brilliant! No one actually went and bought them. Whilst the Amira is kind of the opposite, where everyone's so excited and placing deposits and orders. That's going to be fantastic. You made a good point six months ago. Well, will they actually go through with that? purchase mm. are they placing deposits because it's an exciting upswing moment when they actually have to sort of pay the full amount are they still going to go through who knows but i do think i think lotus as a brand would struggle to crack america i did just the other day get invited to the launch or the unveiling of the lotus suv that's coming oh i that, can't say anymore well well we already know what probably that would be based on that'd be based on a volvo well, I would assume mm. so, but I guess we'll find out. I'm actually not going, <laughs> so, oh. so I won't know until they share more information with me. I just, I can't do the like white box studio filming. It's you're not that, no, 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 it's, you're not. Yeah, but yeah, very yeah. kind of them to invite me, but yeah. I was like, it's just, I'll, I'll wait till there's some kind of slightly more quirky way. Something moving. But they're hopefully going to share some information on it soon so that we can talk about it here on the podcast. Oh. So we'll find out, but I would assume it's like an XC40 or... 40 or 60. If it's not light, it's not a Lotus, right? So they've got to go with something that... They can't turn up with a Q7 rival. No, no, um, no. I would say it'd probably be a smaller, compact SUV. I would think. Will it be electric? That's the question. Uh, I think well, it, I might think it might be. Or it'd definitely be hybrid. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be electric. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then finally from Keith. Hi, Sam and Tony. This is Keith in San Diego, California. I have a number of questions for What's you. Up, Keith? And the first one is probably going to do depreciation. One. <laughs> you think is going to happen on a brand new Ferrari Roma? versus a brand new Porsche 911 Turbo S. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Uh, Turbo S will hold its money better, for sure. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, based on the current used market, Turbo S's are holding insanely strong, They're overs, right? mate. They're still overs? And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite a bit over as well. 20, 30 grand over, whereas a Roma is... Already under. under, yeah. Already under. yeah, yeah. It's the sort of thing, I think, as, as impressive and exciting as the Roma is, um, it, it, it is still of that place within the Ferrari market that suggests depreciation. Look at California's and Lusos yeah. and FFs and things like that. It it screams depreciation. It just got it? a bigger customer base Porsche as well, don't forget as well, you know? So for that for that market, it it, it, it does more all round than the Roma as well, I think. The but the nine eleven. The, the Turbo, Turbo S's have historically held their value very well though, yeah. haven't they? And the more people I speak to in that nine nine two variant, the more people just talk about how amazing it is. Keith, I think, well, I know, was going to go on to say that he's got both the cars on order because he sent me a message separately. I, I, Keith, if I were you, I would stick with the Turbo S. I think you're going to have many happy miles. I think you'll be very content in that car and you'll probably see 
more of your money back than in the Roma. It's more to drive. It's like more leaning towards a GT3. It's not a GT3 by any means, but it is. it does lean towards more of a GT3 than it does the old Turbo S, essentially. You're right, and... If you're thinking of like everyday super GT type thing, the Roma is still a very traditional GT car, despite its lightness and its dynamic capabilities. It's that front engine rear wheel drive GT car. The Turbo S gives you all of the livability, comfort, practicality, but just inherently because of the the layout, it feels more dialed in. It feels more supercar I mm. think. And especially in the wet as well. It's incredible. You it on your trip. Oh, way, incredible you? in the wet, yeah. So I've got an interesting trip coming up, which I'll tease right now, speaking about Porsches and 911s. Uh, when's this going out? So next weekend, I'm taking a bog spec, like a no options ticked 911 Carrera on a bit of a trip. Hmm. I think that's a really interesting concept. So it's literally walk into a Porsche dealership. I'll have a 911 Carrera, please. Boom. I think it's 87 or 88,000 pounds. 992. 992. 911 Carrera. Nothing on it. Obviously, comes standard PDK these days. You have to yeah. option out a manual. Um, fairly well equipped in comparison to some of the previous generations. But as we know with Porsche, the minute you want to start specking them up, the price goes through the roof. Yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, I, I'm a bit out of touch, although it's what, what I know. I'm a little bit out of touch what they come actually standard because I don't think I've ever seen a standard one. No, who would so, ever go in? I just want a 911 Carrera. Does it, does it have heated seats? I know it will have sat-nav. Does it have a camera standard? no idea. We're going to find out all of this stuff. Yeah. Not a clue. Quite interesting. I'm quite intrigued. Yeah. A little bit excited. Oh, I might watch that video. You can do a video. <laughs> Thank you for the support. But you know me. I mean, it's been a while since I've spent some time in a Porsche. And any time I spend time around a Porsche, I You want another one. Yeah. So watch out for that text message because you know it's coming. Oh, I know. So earlier today, the reason that I was down in this neck of the woods and at Furlonger, and this video is coming sooner than the Porsche video, I drove an Enzo. Oh, I've driven an Enzo. So tell me, what did you think of the Enzo when you drove it? Well, it's a piece of poo. What? No, 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 no. What I mean is, is that, that compared to a modern car, it's terrible. But I, it's the car I'd buy, mate, probably over... Over, yeah, just about anything. Over a laugh. Over, over just about, I think... But it, you still think it's a piece of poo? Yeah, to drive, yeah. Why? Because, like, well, you know how I like modern stuff, and, like, I mean, the gearbox is terrible, and it makes a lovely noise, though. And and you can hear all the noises on it when you're driving, and all the creaks, and all the... And that's not me normally, but because of just the car, and how special it is, and the whole story around it... That car I do actually get, and honestly, if 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 I could have one car, Ferrari, special Ferrari, it, I would probably pick that over anything. So I think saying the gearbox is crap, I understand where you're coming from, and a million people will agree with you. Better a modern car, mate. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, and it, you know, I get I get up on my high horse about it with the Challenge Tradali, but it's of any car from that era, you know, at its time. It was championed as being the fastest automatic gearbox out there. It was, yeah. I think, 150 milliseconds, the gear change, yeah. something like that. It's a manual gearbox, though. With an it's automatic. a robot, roboticized. Correct. So, robotic. It's a robotic manual. So I, I believe it's basically a manual gearbox with a computer that runs it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it when you pull the paddle, it engages neutral, does the revs, builds torque, 
slots into the right gear and throws you off down the road. All in 150 milliseconds. Yeah, miles quicker than how you explained yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but what that translates to is when you're driving and when you pull a gear, you get a real lump of torque when the next gear engages. So in terms of building speed, it's quite terrifying because you're in second <laughs> gear and you're flat and you pull a gear and he goes, yeah. and you are just fired off down the road. Yeah. Driving it in cold or slightly greasy conditions means that's quite terrifying. Well, it, uh, mate, like it doesn't work properly when it's cold as well. So uh, another car that's a little bit more modern that's like that is the Aventador, yes. which is why people really like it because it gives you that. And, and it has got better, that gearbox, obviously, in the SVJ, but it's still that characteristics of, of uh, you know, it doesn't really work properly in the cold until the oils get warm. And then even when it does, it's like that's still really lurching. Like someone's hitting the back of the yeah. head. Literally. <laughs> what a lovely experience. <laughs> yeah. But that Enzo, the the sizing of it, oh, mate. the lines of it, they, I really think, hit it out of the park with yeah, that car. Because yeah. most people, I mean, you could tell most people that's a modern car. Like, it, it, it is ageing unbelievably yeah, well. for sure. Um, but as you say, it represents such a sort of peak era for me in sort of Ferrari's history. I kind of think of that as the end of the de Montezemolo era, really. Okay. I, I know it sort of dragged on a little bit, but that for me is peak de Montezemolo uh, yeah. Ferrari. And then we've obviously moved on. We, you know, got things like 812s and, and SF90s and 296 GTBs and things like that. But Enzo is just, it's got that smell. It's got that Ferrari smell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, Primano, Primano Bubuco, Bubico, Primiano. Sorry, mate. Hard, hard name to read. Uh, what's the best hot hatch to get if you're aged 18 to 22? I.e. Abarth. Audi. Audi sounds expensive. Nice. Hot hatch these days. I mean, it's tough at that age because it's going to come down to insurance. It's going to come down to, you're going to want something a little bit sexy that's not too expensive. Fiesta STs. Uh, STs will still be expensive. So if you're going Fiesta... You'd probably want the little um, ZTEC S thing. Okay. I don't think they're called ZTEC S's now. But it's basically a one litre eco boost and it'll be 150 horsepower or something. But um, yeah, I think the ST is probably still, I mean, it's a great car, the little Fiesta ST, but. A bit uh, of money. I think the insurance would be a few quid. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what does it, uh, up GTIs? Yeah. You know what? You know what people buy as well? I've, uh, I've had a few lads buy by these cars from me, the Golf R line. So what that is, okay. it, it, it looks like a GTI. Aesthetically, it looks a little bit like a GTI, but it's got a, like a little 1.5 engine in it. So the insurance is like okay, and it's got that sensor on the front like all Golfs have got. So the low-speed crash sensor, okay. which insurance companies love, which is why Golf GTIs and Golf Rs are so popular as well, because of the... They don't safety protocols. Correct, yeah. because they the insurance companies say that statistically people have low speed crashes more than high speed crashes. So the golf stops you from doing that basically. We we had to do something with Ford years ago. I think Paul and I did it, which was a road safety campaign, which was the same systems. Yeah. And we had to drive at a brick wall. <laughs> at like twenty miles an hour. Fifteen, well, twenty Paul miles an hour. Definitely wrote a car off. Yeah. Wow. The reason you never saw that video is Paul <laughs> killed four people on that day. Oh, no, but you literally, that was the whole point. Was what Mary probably said? Yeah, showcase these systems. <laughs> systems weren't on. 
But I felt like it was going to be like that viral video. Do you remember? Was it a Volvo? Or something it was like a that? Volvo, it was, yeah. yeah. It was supposed to stop and just plowed into somebody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I can see why this is works. I think it's a tough one when you're in that age and you're looking for a cool, fun, slightly wacky, slightly different hot hatch or hatchback. I guess it's going to come down to more looks than performance because anything with actual performance is going to be so expensive to run and expensive to insurance. Actually, like that. So you sort of almost want it to look the part mm. rather than be the part. Um, but I would always suggest at 18 or 22, if I'm really honest, just buy a good car because you've got plenty of time in life to go on and buy the big shouty stupid stuff. If you're sitting there going, oh, but I could get an M5 V10 for oh. eight grand. Oh you know, my like, God. Do you know what I mean? Because there'll be some stuff out there, which I would be that guy like sitting there going, well, I could. Don't, if I'm honest. Know. Like we've, we all get tempted, but actually you're better off being in a really good hatchback that looks the bomb and you can just trash, drive it 110% everywhere and not kill yourself than in a car that's going to cost you four grand a month to run and kill you on day three. Yeah, and it's so weird now how, how the, the goalposts have moved with these, these you know kids in general. They don't really know how lucky they are because now they all buy new cars, mate. We'll get them on finance and you know their 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 mum or dad stand guarantor or or they you know so a lot of these kids now twenty one twenty two year olds they're able to get their own finance. Um, when we was that age, I had like proper piles of poo yeah. like like proper crap crap yeah yeah no you've told me some of the crap you yeah had. yeah, really yeah. I was, when i was when i was 18 early 20s i had subarus and yeah. stuff but but yeah when i was 18 like real yeah like because there was no real finance finance weren't really a thing then and uh, and and it was still a sort of a bit of a an you know not spoken about type thing you know but not shame but save just, up yeah yeah well that's i mean yeah me and my sister both had Golf, Mark yeah. Four Golfs. Um, I think mine was like eighteen hundred quid. I think hers was probably more. Yeah, yeah. Sister, get spoiled. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, but bangers. You know, and it was a bit crappy, and you know, I went over a pothole and the wheels exploded. Yeah, and, you know, things like yeah. that. So, but that's all part of the charm and the experience thing, and you build those bonds and those connections. And if your first car's too nice, I don't know. I just feel like you nowadays kids, the, that's what they have. They yeah. just like the, uh, you know, the, the 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 this generation's very. I mean, fair, whatever, but. They're spoiled now. I don't think okay, they know how lucky let me they are. This on the head, then what would you get, Molly? Yes, <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know if we say Molly's name on the <laughs> podcast. I was like, do we say her name? <laughs> what would you get, Molly's her first car? Uh well, it's a little bit different for me, mate, because uh, it's my job. Turbo S, GT three. No, I. It, it will be a little bit different for me. Um, if she said anything like her mum, especially when I when I met her mum, she would literally just have a car and when it ran out of petrol, I'd have to give her another. One. <laughs> <laughs> but but no no no, I to be honest, uh, she's going to buy her own car, mate. I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm obviously going to help with her, your but, money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no she, I don't. You know, I don't. She it would be a bit different for me because okay. of my. But you would want to get her something nice. So this, but this is the whole point, right? You're in a position to be able to buy her it, something maybe it, a little bit nicer yeah. or, or safer or whatever it might be. But I think because cars and finances become more affordable, so are a lot of other parents. Okay, fine. Of course, there are still millions of people out there who can't afford to to get their kids a nice car, finance or whatever it might be. But maybe in the last fifteen or twenty years, finance has allowed parents to get their kids newer safer you know more usable cars whatever that might be rather than going down to yeah get something for a couple of grand yeah i mean i mean definitely when i was a kid i mean i don't think my mum wanted me to drive some of the stuff that i was driving to be honest but but it was like i bought it myself and and she couldn't afford to buy me a car so 
um, it, nowadays uh, the, the world's changed and people in general are more privileged and I think safety is a big thing you know I think you know if if you've got children and, and your children have, have saved an amount of money and you think Do you know what They've done well. They've saved that money. But because they've saved that money, I'm going to top it up for them and I'm going to get them a safer, newer car. And I think and I think I would do that, personally. Um, and I think that's a way a lot of modern parents think because they want their children to be safe, obviously. That's the fundamentals, right? Absolutely, yeah. So it's about getting a Volvo with spinning rims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why everyone drives bloody SUVs. you make it cool somehow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take the kids to score an SUV in case a lorry drives into the side of you. It, it, but, you but you make a very good point. And I think the more and more uh, younger people I meet, God, I sound like a real old fart now, uh, in, really, in, in really nice cars. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not... Shocked and surprised, but I'm impressed. Yeah. Because I say, you know, definitely when I was going up, everyone was in piles of crap, mm. you know. Everyone was, one of my best mates going, I had a really awful Ford KA, Ford mm. car. I mean, they were an oh, absolute death trap. It was disgusting as well. Yeah. Like, you know, really bits were hanging off it. Remember it used to have the sort of bod- the plastic fenders and stuff like that? Yeah. Three of them were missing. Rust. Oh, my God. Disaster, that thing. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. but nowadays as well, like, safety is so improved, like, compared to back then, you know. I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, regulations would would never let never let a manufacturer build a car like that now. You know, so um, things have changed. Just in general, technology, everything's caught up. We'd like to hear below if you are uh, if you are youth, <laughs> if you're some of our younger listeners. Uh, comment below. Let us know what what is your first car. What what, what are you hoping to get as your first car? Uh, and on the flip side, if you are a parent about to buy your child their first car, what are you considering? What are you looking at? I think it'd be interesting to see mm. what most people are considering. Yeah. Um, Toby Lowe comes in, uh, another uh, patron with quite an interesting one, which I we may have covered before at some point, but I just want to bring it up because I feel so sorry for him. What is the worst buying or selling decision you've ever made on a car? He says, I'm a serial fail. I bought a Kuntash, 25th anniversary, with 11,000 miles on the clock for 55 grand in 2007. UK guy. Yep. Sold it two years later for the same money. Currently- You've done well then. Currently, they're worth 450 grand. Mm. So yes, he did well because two years later, he sold it for the same money. If he'd held on to it- My good lord, he would have made some money. For hindsight's a wonderful thing, though, isn't it? Of As course. In, you know, if you held on, you can't hold on to everything you've got throughout your life. You know, some people can, but in general, you can't hold on because you're you're moving up a ladder. You know, like it's you know, the property's a really good example. Like, oh, I wish I'd have had my first house and I'd have kept it because that's worth that now. And this is, but but then you've moved to a to a to a bigger house and that's gone up even more so you know cars are the same of course but how often you must get this do you meet people who go oh i had an f40 when they were 150 grand look at them now like oh man i've i've, I've had it myself with, <laughs> with, with quite a few cars so go on tell me the what? the the escort cosworth when i first met you is one yep. okay so ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, um, and I doubled my money on that car. I had that car seven years, and I, I remember buying it, and I always wanted one as a kid, and I, I, I managed to get one you come in part exchange and I thought I'm going to keep that forever and then like I never drove it it wasn't very good it was like a diesel in the way it pushed out all its power <laughs> nothing 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 power nothing again and I thought I'm never going to drive it again I'm exposed to all these modern cars I, I, I cashed in on it and made double my money and now they'd like double again you know a good one with good history and good spec is probably 60 or 70 grand now outrageous isn't Unbel- it and that's only like Four or five years ago, I sold that car. So, and I think I got 30 grand for it then, and I thought I'd swum the channel. Yeah, you were ecstatic. I was absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. I don't think I've ever been in that snow because I'm the king of depreciation. So, I, I can't remember well, any you of them. You buy crap. Yeah, I buy crap. I can't remember <laughs> any of them going up in value. I think if they were, they're all just continuing to plummet. I, I, I've had like, like Peugeot 205 GTIs, if I'd have kept them, Subarus. Um, the Renault Five Turbos they're through the roof now. There's so many of that that eight the nineties cars that have just gone, gone RS, crazy. RS Turbos. I had all of them, mate, when I was a kid, and they've all gone through. Like hindsight is well, a wonderful. Would, yeah, who would have known? I mean, who, who, who knew? Could, who could have predicted it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I for my two o five with seventy odd thousand miles on it. I think I paid eight hundred quid for it. Insane. What, what's a good one of them worth now? 15? 30 grand. No, yeah. not... No, no, yeah. But I bet they're 15, mate. Yeah, yeah. I bet a good one's 15. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. That people are playing nuts. Things for Madness. Uh, Gen 1 Focus RSs are going absolutely insane. But you know what that is? That That is people my age that maybe didn't have them cars, or maybe they did have them, and... and they, they couldn't quite get in into them for insurance or financial reasons. Maybe they're buying a house or for whatever reason. And they've, they've gone back because now they've earned some money. and They dreamt about them cars and really wanted them. And I probably, had I not done this job, I probably would have done the same, mate. But, but because I do this job and I'm spoiled, I, I, I never, I've never really had the urge to go back, which is why I always, because I've sort of been there and done it, which is why I always like modern stuff because there's a reason why I like modern stuff because old stuff inherently is poo. <laughs> but also, I think we've discussed this before where I don't particularly have a sentimental value apart from the 360 with cars once, once I've done... That you're never going to sell. Which I'm never going to sell. Not even for your dream car. No. <laughs> <laughs> once I've moved on, once I'm done, I'm, I've moved on. I don't often look back like with the F-Type. Okay, fine, I'm in another F-Type now and that whole is all going to unfold this year. But... I don't want to go back and buy the old F-Type that I had. I want to buy that mm. car. I've been there and done that. You know, yeah. I don't want to buy a rear-wheel drive, original gen V8. What about an old XKR? No, what? You, you wouldn't want one of them? No. Weird, I never owned an XKR. No, 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 but, but like... Good car, but... Yeah. What uh, about... Uh, 
Peugeot. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, what a random. Sh- it's like me looking at you going, me. What well, about no, because I'm just saying you like you like that V8 car. The yeah. XKR is your era. So that's Not really. XKR was a bit pre my 2000s. Sorry. Okay, that era, modern classic era. I'd have an XKR SGT. Right. So what are you saying then? 150 grand. Oh no, they're XKR, not. XKR SGT, 150 grand. <sighs> Unbelievable. But this brings me on to the conversation, which is, I know it's going to frustrate all of you, but that Hassett Furlonger made this morning of like, think of what you could get for that money. When you're in the ballpark of 100 to 150 grand, it is stupid. The world is your oyster. And not always in a good way. There's things like that XKR SGT, which are 150 grand, are a joke. Uh, are they? That is Mate, a joke. Mate, 150 grand. Uh, but total joke, 150. That is a joke. And then there's also... None of 1.2 GT3s. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the breadth of car in that bracket is outrageous. That's what I'd have. 991. Of course you would. GT3. I mean, be more I mean, flipping out. Would you have a 991.2 GT3 manual no. or a 458 Spider? Oh. Why Why have you put manual in, mate? Because I knew because if I said the GT, K, you'd pick it straight away. The GT3 <laughs> is the better car, but I, I I, just, for me personally, I just don't get why someone buys a GT3 and then puts a manual in it because you're holding it back. Because it's more engaging to drive on the road, Tony. But I don't think it is. It can be. But, but you're can. more in connection <laughs> well, with the driving it's, it's, experience. It's like you go out, go outside there. You can fall down the stairs, but you wouldn't want to. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? <laughs> what are you saying? Changing gear manually is not like falling down the stairs. <laughs> it, well, some cars that I've driven, it is like falling down. the I stairs. I have said it over and over again. I personally, as an individual, and I'm not alone in this, prefer manual 991.2 and 992 GT3s. I prefer them in the manual gearbox. No, I definitely. The don't. PDKs for me make the car too electronic to lacking in feeling well, they're attract- on the road but they're attractive on the road but okay so we're going to agree to disagree I, I mate I, I, I can't answer that question you have to I've asked the, the 458 uh, okay I'm going to go 458 you do have the 458 yeah I've just sure. decided I'm going to go 458 although yeah I'll go 458 flipping it I don't even like that car anymore either. 458 or F12 F12. F uh, actually F12 for sure. F12 or Flipping <laughs> out what's going on here? Hurricane. Have I gone over 150? Uh no. I'm Not, about there. What, what? I'm about there. Yeah, normal hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, F12. For sure. F12 or Playing top trumps, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. But I'm just seeing where I want to see where I get you to in a really weird place. <laughs> F12 Turbo S. No, no, 1.2. Oh, still F12. Oh, F12 or... Where's the 150 grand mark? Um, F12. Oh, 430 Scud. That's not 150 grand. You can mm. probably find a left-hand drive car for it. Well, then F12 still then. So we're in the <laughs> like UK. You can find a right-hand drive Scud? No, for 150? For, no chance. Really? They've gone high? Yeah, they're 180. No. Even for a 20,000 mile one, yeah. Bloody hell, you've yeah. been looking, haven't you? Well, look, God, the F12's yeah. doing well here. Um, Mate, it's a good car for 150, that car. F12 or AMG GTR Pro. Can't get one for GTR. <laughs> uh, AMG GTR. Ah, there we go. Because I think for that, for that, 
even though it's crept up now, it was a hundred grand and it's now one twenty for a good one. That's still a brilliant car for one twenty. Yeah. That car, it's a very attractive car. But, but this is the thing: like, I could go on. I'm not sitting here looking at Auto Trader, so I'd need a bit more inspiration. But there are so many cars to cater for so many different. I mean, uh, Lusso's probably not. FF's probably within there. I mean, I'm, t- I'm literally thinking of Ferraris right now. Um, R8 V10 pluses and all oh, that. Oh, if you'd have and- asked me that against one of them, I'd, that, that's a good car. <laughs> that's an a great R8 car. V10 plus, oh just a bit God. boring. But that is a great car. That. I would struggle if... Oh, well, uh, anyway. You are struggling. I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of an exercise for me. So very thank good. you for helping what, me out. <laughs> so we're at F12 then? Basically, uh, I'm buying an F12. <laughs> um, now, Paul Wallace is here on the chat um, over in America at the moment. Is he? Um, yeah. And he sent me last night, uh, very interestingly, did you see this? Footage of AMG GT1. Sorry, AMG... What's it called? Yes, um, project one. Project one. Now, in Monaco. I, 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 have, I have seen that from someone else sent it to me. Okay. So there's some shots here of the, the Project One going around Monaco. It's not a customer car though, that. No, that's the prototype car which has been spotted all over the world. Yes. But is it in Monaco for Rosberg or Hamilton? Or does it just happen to be there by coincidence? <laughs> or oh, Hamilton's older one. Yes, and so is Rosberg. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, perhaps he's there for both of them. Perhaps it's a it's a pre-production car. There you go, boys. Fill your boots. I wonder if Bottas has still got <laughs> awkward. <laughs> well, I mean, he's flipping it if he has. Oh, surely. definitely is. He's flipped everything else. I wonder if that's in his contract. Yeah, you can have one, but if you leave, then you can't have one. It was in Button and Hamilton's contract for the P1 because uh, Hamilton took delivery of his P1 after he'd left McLaren. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it might have been for Hamilton to go and have a little snoop around. Or, or something, or because it's too coincidental for that car in its final sort of testing capabilities to then be where two of the most famous and involved Formula One, they both, Hamilton and Rosberg, seriously involved in that project. Were so, they? Yeah, yeah, because it's based on a 2015 car. engine or car. Yeah. Um, and Rosberg continued to be involved with that right up to the... His, so first of the hybrid era. Is that first of that hybrid era? Uh, that was 2014, so yeah. second year, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so so interesting to see. I think a lot of people are going, oh, it's the first customer. It's the first. I don't, I'm certain it's not the first customer. Uh, I don't think it's a customer car. Um, but at least it's out and about and doing stuff. And It's about time, mate. Bloody hell, tell me about it. What about the Valkyrie? It's customer deliveries, isn't it? <laughs> What's happened? It's all gone quiet if again. If your Valkyrie's been delivered, please get in touch. <laughs> That's not been delivered, is it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're still on a factory line somewhere. Uh, anyway, well, look, uh, a short episode this week. Uh, there's there's not a lot going on, as we know at the moment, in the world of cars. It's uh, always quiet in January, and especially here in the UK. So uh, whilst we wait for things to build back up, uh, obviously car news will be a little bit dry. The only thing we didn't touch on, which I sort of didn't bring it up because I don't think there's much to say, is the, the Yaris GRMN that got launched. The yeah, I saw the two-seater thing. Am I right in saying that's not coming to the UK? I mean, I didn't, I didn't read that, but I just saw the clip of it, of it being unveiled. But I don't know too much about it. I, d- I didn't really pay too much attention. I just saw the car. It's the, it's the version of the Yaris that I always want, thought the GI Yaris was going to be. Five hundred. So, they're making. Is that right? Yeah, the MN is the masters of the nice. The no idea. It's, it's, it's. They did one years ago. Um, I'm now losing my mind today. But anyway. It's their ultimate brand. So that's the AMG GTR Pro mm. or the Black Series. It's okay. the GRMN. Uh, so so yeah, is that it then after two, that? Supposedly. Two-seater, roll cage, more aero, more hardcore. No more GR Yaris. That's it. 
I think so. Right. What do you mean? You think there's going to be something GRMN plus or GRMNS? No, no, no idea, mate. I'm, I'm asking. No, this is this is the ultimate version, supposedly the so, most hardcore, so that's focused it. version. Gone. No, no, I don't think they're stopping. I just think they're just unveiling a more hardcore variant. So, but they're only going to make 500. But they're going to still keep making the old. The, the I normal think so. Car. Yeah, I think so. Right. It's like a black series. But they stop. You can get an AMGG. You can get a no. Oh, no. C63. Then the black series, and then done. No, so so it's the, the the black series is is the last of the AMG GT run. Let's Google it because people are going to yell at us for not doing research. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know that's that's normally what happens. It's like it's like a you know when a GT3 or GT3 RS comes out, it's the last of that that run. Okay, then there's so a new car. So hardcore two seat Japanese market creation. So it's only Japanese market. Um, that's a shame. Yeah, it happens a lot though. But obviously. Um, Maybe try and import some. Uh, fully, fully tuned model of the GR Yaris that's gone through rigorous refinement for, with professional drivers. Horsepower? It's going to be £46,000 <gasps> equivalent. Um, it's got a stiffer body, 20 kilo light, lighter, 10 mil increase um, width, yeah. and a 10 mil drop in ride height. Um, 0 to 60 time of 5.5 seconds. Yep. 1.6 litre turbo three-pot engine, which has been slightly more powerful in Japan, is unmodified, still giving the 268 horsepower. So it's lighter, stiffer, same power. That's a con. What do you mean it's a con? It's, I mean, if that's a con, there's every manufacturer in the world that's so a con. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. So just it's got wide... Piece, it's a piece to basically. But, well, it's not, but yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Ah, why, why actually, because this is a bit short, this episode. Go on. We're just briefly going to talk about that 720S that I've just had So in. yeah, so... In the last year or so, you've gone from slagging off two brands to becoming oh, no. Wait a certified minute. dealer. Go on. Well, I ain't started yet. Okay. So, um, I picked it up today. 720S Spider. 720S Spider. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to drive it. I've driven an hour back, 60 or 70 miles. I thought I'm going to shut my... I'm not going to shut my eyes, like, literally. But I'm going to shut my eyes and I'm going to really try. Because it's been a while since I drove 720S. So I drove them when they first come out. And it's been probably two years since I've driven one again, right? And I got. To, I'm driving down the road. It's working, by the way. I mean, it got me home. No, there's not no lights come on. It, it was perfect, which is amazing. And I, it's undeniably still stupidly fast, right? But everything is really fast nowadays. Everything is really. We've had this conversation before, but I'm thinking in my head, right? So you got Hurricane. You got a. Uh, Turbo S, you've got a Ferrari, um, and anything else you can think of. They're all really fast. Why would you buy the McLaren? What like I was really like thinking, why are you going to buy the McLaren? Because a lot of people buy McLarens because they're just really, really fast, and that's what they are. And they, they do drive nice. That they're, they're still really comfortable because of the suspension. I don't like the brakes on McLaren. No. I, Explain why, because no, if you haven't driven a McLaren, it's hard to understand. So they've got really long pedal. So there's like nothing, 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 nothing brake. Yeah. And I hate that in a car. And when you're when you're in a really fast car, the main confidence you want in a fast car are the brakes. More it, than anything. Because you want to stop the bloody thing, and especially a fast car as well. And with Ferraris and, and Porsche are the best at it, and it's one of the reasons why it's my favourite brand, you want to 
stamp on a brake and you want it instant. You don't. You never get that with any McLaren. It right? feels like a very spongy pedal, as you say. Like you go to hit the brakes, and, and it's especially uh, uh, in the front of your mind when you jump in from another car, even yes. just a standard road car, and you get into McLaren. You're like, oh my god! Like rolling up to a roundabout or traffic lights, or you're something like, oh my god! And then, and then as you say, when you finally hit that sort of biting point of the brakes, and then it really slams them on. So it, it takes a while to get used to. It. It's yeah. unnerving. Yeah, and as well, like I, I'm, I'm driving it back, and I'm finding myself comparing it to my personal car, right, and. And in all tents and purposes, it should be definitely as quick. But but the engine's a bit lazy in it. Um, it's, it doesn't sprawl up quite as quick um, as a as a Ferrari or a, or a Porsche GT two, for instance. If you're comparing them that power or Huracan Performante, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's NA. I'm trying thinking of turbo. Trying to throw people off from what you're coming. But 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 you're yeah, but. Um, and but can I just say, sorry, can I just jump in yeah, there for a comparison? Because actually, you're comparing it to the wrong cars there. A 720S should be compared to a, a 488 GTB or an F8 Tributo, 488 more realistically, and a Turbo S, not a GT2. Because if you're comparing against the hardcore lightweight track focus, you've got to look at the LT. The 720S is still theoretically the entry-level road car, which did come out two or three years before the equivalence you just mentioned. And this is exactly what I'm getting at. It, it's so weird that that when that 720S come out, it was game-changing, and literally you get out of it and you go, wow, how fast it is. And it is still really stupidly fast. But but now, when you get in one now, two years later, all you come out is go, yeah, it's fast, but there's nothing really else to it. Like because things move on so quickly, like I could, I could, I know that what you're saying about um, you can't compare it to a GT2, but in terms of power and stuff, you can because the the 720s is miles faster. Miles, I'm being stupid, but it but it is faster than a 488, a normal one, and it is faster than a normal Hurricane because it's got another. 70 or 80 horsepower it's a bit lighter and it's got a, a more torque as well but that still doesn't mean it hasn't got a lazy engine i just feel unless you're in the right gear in a mclaren the engine the the the, the, the power low down in it like nothing really happens until you get to like probably five thousand revs and then it really like wakes up whereas if you're in a if you're in a ferrari even a normal 488 or a GT2, not really a Turbo S, but but a, a, a GT2. It's like any any gear, any time. It's, it behaves like an NA car. And the reason why I compare them is because they're similar powers. I know what you're saying. It's the road version, and I shouldn't really compare it to the sharper track version. But if you if you're going in a straight line and you're comparing just power that's that's what I had in my head. Uh, you're so right, though, because McLarens, I think, famously almost feel like old school... They have old school turbo lag. Mm. Like you, Almost any McLaren you drive, 
it, it, it just takes a while. Then suddenly you get this absolutely insane boost. It's not say so they're slow until the turbo kicks in, like old 80s turbo no. lag was nothing, nothing, everything. McLarens are very quick, but then they just go onto this upper echelon. Yeah, they do. And in the early days, that was so like ballistically and mad. But as everything else has caught up and then maybe even moved forward, you're right, where it's a lot better at being more linear, more dialed in, feeling more like an NA car. I would quickly just jump in and say that the 765 LT is ridiculous because it doesn't have that. It's that insane 5,000 RPM plus, but from zero RPM. I've so not driven a 765. It's terrifying. But what I would combat your argument with is that as everything is caught up in terms of speed, I think that's done the 720S a favour because initially, at least from my mind, it was like, okay, this car's really quick, but it's too boring. Like it's, you don't get that sense of occasion. It's kind of too, it's trying to do too many things. It's trying to, I've always said that about 720S. It's trying to cover too many bases. And when it first came out, everything else was a bit more of a blunt instrument. Mm. Now things like the FA and things like the 992 generation of Porsche have all done that same mold of being great in every area and as quick. Right. So the McLaren you get in, you go, okay, like all the others now, this is a car that covers so many bases. And actually, at covering many bases, I think it's one of the best because it's supercar looks, supercar feel, unbelievably practical, very spacious, insanely light cabin with great visibility, uh, an insane badge, that McLaren badge puts you one up, I think, over a turbo Porsche. Uh, okay, Ferrari, of course not, but some equivalent, you know, some other random, you know, Bentley Continental GT, for example. Not, not Lambo, though, surely. Yeah, maybe not or Lambo. But, no, uh, I don't think so. Hard, because, but I think Lambo gets nowhere close to a 720S with a Huracan or an Aventador in terms of practicality, usability, no. space, all of that stuff. No, so you're right. So the McLaren starts to actually win all the things that aren't about its performance. Mm. So, as I say, I think over time, it's it's become a better car because it's not just about that insane straight line speed. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question now. I'm going to pick three cars, and these are all these are all the same value, right? Mm-hmm. So, 720s Spider, it's mm-hmm. a 2019 car. Mm-hmm. 488 Spider, 2019 mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. Um, or a Hurricane Spider. 488 Spider. Me too. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't need enough. But, but I'm, that's me. Uh, but, but, there's one thing that I will say about the McLaren. P- practicality, I think they're similar. The boots and stuff and, and what you can see out of maybe the McLaren a little bit better in terms of vision. The only thing about the McLaren, you sit, you sit a bit lower than you do in a Ferrari. So the wing mirror is sort of a little bit not in your eye line, whereas, whereas a, a Ferrari is kind of there. Whereas you sort of it's there in a in a McLaren. Um, the only thing I'd say about the McLaren is that it does feel a little bit modern inside to a four eight eight for sure because a four eight eight is basically a facelifted four five eight which is ten years old. So they take the Mickey a little bit, but but I I would have the Ferrari as well. Yeah. If I had to pick out of the three, I would have the Ferrari as well. But I think, you know, I remember I had that 720S Spider for, for a week, the, this time last year, actually, as a kind of like trying to come back round to McLaren. It's quite interesting that you're in the same situation, but just because yeah. it stopped, not because of McLaren's press team. And this but, is me, a total unbiased, not what I think about the brand. This is me as trying as a consumer looking at the brands, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I think, you know, if they've... If that car continues to have zero problems and it sell, you know, it sells and whatever it might be, perfectly fine. You're going to go, okay. I kind of actually yeah. that makes a bit more sense to me. And I think 
weirdly, all of their problems and all of the other manufacturers sort of coming round to the way that McLaren have been doing things with releasing cars. I mean, Ferrari releasing cars every three weeks or, you know, McLaren Porsche. have stopped that though a little bit well, now. McLaren, that's through. what I mean. Like, so, yeah. so the world has changed mm. in the last three to five years. Actually, McLarens are starting to go, yeah, you start to go, hmm. Now, what's happened to the Artura? Where's that gone? Because there's a, I mean, that's a bit strange, isn't I've it? I've heard some stories I've about heard that. many stories. Have you? Yeah, yeah we can't nowhere say. to be seen. No, so. no, no, no. Um, uh, and, and again, as you say, you know, from a company that were bashing out cars left, right and centre, we're now hearing about, you know, you hear about financial struggles, you hear about, yeah, I say, missing, selling their, missing Artura, selling, selling their, their heritage factory. fleet, selling yeah. their factory. So, you know, it's not a lot of great news, but actually it's strengthened something like a 720S. Yeah. Because suddenly you go, actually, you know, this is all starting to look a little bit more appealing. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. And that car has lost um, best part of 100,000 quid. So you've done 3,000 miles, which isn't that... What are you putting it up at? Or have you been uh, 189,950, done 3,000 miles. What's a coupe? Eh? So uh, What's a coupe? The, the last time I looked at a coupe, they were like 140, 150, but I bet they're probably a bit more now yeah, because, of the, because of the market. Up, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, they, they have lost a few quid probably, but but that car would have been 270 new. So the equivalent Ferrari, I don't, uh, you know, it would have to be monster spec to be at 270, a 488 Spider as a new car and I think that's probably listen on paper the McLaren is definitely a better car than the than the 488 but that doesn't mean everyone's going to buy it because no. it's all about brand value and if, if if I'm not got my blinkers on and I'm really trying to think outside the box and because I'm we're the same we'd always pick the Ferrari for, for our love of Ferrari but if you're if you're just a customer coming in why are you going to buy the McLaren and not the Ferrari what what are the actual reasons why? Because sp- speed is, doesn't really come into it anymore because it used to come into it. It's, oh my God, the McLaren's miles faster than anything else. So we, we've got, you've got to have the McLaren. But it doesn't, that, 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 that's not a factor anymore because everything else, this is what I'm trying to say, everything else is so fast now that why are you going to buy a McLaren? What are the actual reasons why you're going to buy them? And I don't know. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> going now <laughs> uh, anyway so as I say thank you so much for the patrons who submitted their, their video messages and, and, and notes for this podcast uh, as I say you know it's, it is that quiet time of year but we appreciate all uh, the support uh, we've got a, a couple of interesting episodes coming up despite the fact there's not a huge amount going on so subscribe now turn on notifications so you don't miss those future episodes if you're listening keep listening on whatever platform you're listening on if you want to support us on Patreon head to patreon.com for slash behind the glass if you want to follow Tony and see what interesting cars he's getting into stock at the minute because I say that Aston Martin says McLaren's who knows what's next maybe a Maserati <laughs> you can follow him at Tony Gravel with car sales on most social media platforms and I'm at seen through glass on most social media platforms we'll be back with you next week bye bye see ya hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.